you have to be protective of your savings because if you ever dreams of buying a place it's not going to buy itself <laughs> especially if you want to settle down and all that yeah hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of mr a plus Joining us today is another actress who I have a great deal of respect for, for a number of reasons. She starred in The Time of Our Lives, Love My Way, and Puby Blues, which I'm yet to see, embarrassingly. Fun fact, this talented Aussie actress has something in common with me which I am yet to reveal. Please welcome the phenomenal Claudia Carvin. Woohoo! Hey! <laughs> Hello, Claudia. Thanks for my intro. That was really nice. That's all right. Why haven't you seen Puberty Blues yet? It's because I still need to get on DVD. Oh, I think it's streaming on something. I think it's streaming on Netflix or something like that. Ah, well, here's the thing. I actually use a DVD player because I'm one of the few people that doesn't stick to um, streaming. Oh, I think I have some Puberty Blues DVDs I could lend you. Lend me? Yeah. There's only two seasons. Yeah. But I also have to find out the best way how to um how to send them back to you. That's I'm sure we could work that out. We'll discuss that off air later. What do you think? Sounds good. Okay. Now, how are you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I've been running around all day today. Um, but really happy to be here. That's good. And you? How are you? Not too bad. Just called the train up here earlier today. Oh, where where did you get the train from? Wollongong. Oh, wow. Did you bring a book or did yeah. you, what, what are you reading? One of the five books that my brother got me for my birthday two years ago, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Oh, isn't that funny? I was just talking to someone about that yesterday, that book. And my friend, what a coincidence, he said he was reading it and he was going, yep, that reminds me of Claudia. Yep, that reminds you. Of- <laughs> so apparently I don't need to read the book. Okay. I'm, I'm living it. Apparently. What do you mean? Of not giving a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's something I kind of need to do as well. <laughs> Are you enjoying the book? So far I am, but yeah. the truth is I'm not really a passionate reader. Yeah, it takes a bit of focus. You have to be quite relaxed, I think. And yeah, that's right. I enjoy it. I love reading. But mm. you, there are a lot of distractions in the world. Too many of them. Mm. Now, um, what's been happening in your life recently? I am. I, di- I finished the third series of Bump in about uh, April this year, um, and that's going to go on Stan later this year. Ooh. And I am now developing a few other things, and I'm going to be doing something very exciting next year, but I can't really talk about it yet. Maybe I can. Hmm, I probably can. I'm doing a play. Nice. Yeah, which starts in Adelaide and then it comes to Sydney, so I'm really excited about that. Wow. And then I've been travelling a bit. I went to Fiji, I went to Bali to see my dad who lives over there and um, just sort of enjoying life. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I do have to ask you. Um, I found out, courtesy of Wikipedia, that you lived in Bali for quite some time. How, how did that go? Oh, yeah, that was a, a high point in my childhood. My parents had a nightclub in King's Cross and I think my mum was a bit sick of how sort of noisy and 24-7 it was, that running that nightclub. Amen. Yes. So she took us all to Bali for a year, me and my brothers, and we did a bit of schooling there, spent a lot of time on beaches, 
um, learned a bit of Indonesian, ate a lot of satays and had a, an amazing time. So I go back there a lot. And in fact, my daughter spent a year there at a at the Green School, which is a wow. an environmental school um, wow. recently. So sh- the tradition continues. Excellent. Yeah. Have you been to Bali? Uh, no. Would you like to go? I'm kind of hesitant. Why is that? Because of um past drug incidents. Oh, right. So it's kind of fear-induced. Oh, is it? Just, you know, people getting set up with drugs. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I've been there a lot of times and, um, yeah, a lot of people go there and it's all pretty safe. That's good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I've actually done very little travel in my life, which I'm not really too happy about. So where would you like to go? There are many places. There's Canada, the US, England, Scotland, Wales to visit the Tally Thin Railway, Europe, back to Hawaii again. Oh, I've never been to Hawaii. Have you surfed in Hawaii? I've never surfed in my life. <laughs> Let alone Hawaii. Well, that's a long list. Yeah. You better get cracking. Better buy, start buying some airline tickets. But it's kind of expensive at the moment. Anyway, um, can you tell us about your journey into the world of performing? Yeah, I, I, th- I always had a sort of a, you know, I, I was a bit of a trickster, I think, as a kid. I quite liked, like, you know, I did a bit of theatre in primary school and I think I was always a little bit of an entertainer, you know, in the family. I do remember when I had an operation in Bali, actually. I had a tropical ulcer in my neck and so I had an operation at Denpasar Hospital and I do remember I came out of the out of the general anesthetic, anesthetic and they were pushing my trolley and I could hear my friends and my brothers going, oh, she's waking up, she's waking up. And I totally knew exactly where I was. But I went, where am I? Where am I? I put on this full-on performance and I was eight years old. So it's sort of I think that acting instinct was sort of there from a young age. But then it just sort of accidentally happened from when I was 10. I, I got a role in a film because a lot of my parents' friends were in the industry and they asked me to audition for something and I got a job with a singing dog in a circus movie called Molly. Wow. Yeah, so that was where it all began. Yes. But I think my mum said I always used to do a very good uh, mimic of Jeannie Little. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> She was like, oh, darling, oh, darling. She's like that. She was a comedian. <laughs> but I actually wanted to be a dog trainer or a horse breeder or, or vice versa. Nice. Mm. What are your favourite roles in acting? Oh, good question. Um, I got to play like a villain recently in a series called Halifax for Channel 9 and that was so much fun. I don't often get asked to play those types of characters and I really enjoyed playing her because she was sort of she was mercurial you could she could be sort of she could play lower status then she could be quite supercilious then she could be really indulgent then she could be very cold and aloof because she was so sort of narcissistic maybe and (laughs) self-involved she just could um she had a lot of facets and that was great fun nice I've kind of pictured myself playing a villain as well. Oh, really? What would your villain look like? Honestly, have no have no idea. <laughs> well, 
My villain looked, she had kind of Amy Winehouse hair, lots of makeup, fur coats, um, suede snakeskin, tight pants, boots. It was great fun. It kind of reminds me of a first-class snob. <laughs> she was quite over the top. Yeah, she was great. Great character. I loved it. Yeah, almost almost sounds like Cruella de Vil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of Cruella in there. <laughs> Do you like that movie? I'm actually a closet fan. A closet fan? Well, not closet anymore. It's all out. Yeah. There's several <laughs> things I'm a closet fan of. Oh, yeah. What else? Play School is one of them. Oh, Play School's gorgeous. Yeah, why would you closet that? I think shout it loud. Be proud. Because it's not exactly something a a man would see. (laughs) You can watch it. We watch what you want. And plus, Justine is actually one of my favourite singers. She's got a beautiful voice. You're telling me. Gorgeous. Do you have her um, CDs? I actually have um, one of them and and a DVD copy. Oh, yeah, I know all the words to the watermelon, um, that CD. I love singing along to that. Wow. Yeah. Um, Do you actually have a dream role? I think the dream, whatever role you're about to play is always sort of your dream role. Um, And I'm about to play a woman whose husband has fallen in love with a goat and it's really well written and it's a it's definitely a dream role because um because it's so funny it's so dramatic it's so entertaining and beautifully written what do you think of goats the animal itself yeah oh i don't really have much an opinion on goats you don't have you spent much time with goats nope really I'm they gonna... smell they've got a very strong smell and they've got amazing eyes they've sort of got the i think the iris is a little bit like a cat oh yeah they're fabulous. They seem to be. Goat's milk cheese is delicious too. I actually have a, am a big fan of cheese. Yeah, so am I. What's your favourite cheese? Anything that's um European or British. Yeah, do you like soft cheeses or hard cheeses? Either one. Yeah. But my favourite ones are the, are the ones that smell like feet. Oh, yeah, like the really mouldy sort of ones, like a blue cheese yeah. or a soft cheese. Or pecorino. Oh, yeah. They're I the ones pecorino. that contain peppercorns. Oh. Every time I have that cheese, my parents and siblings become disgusted by the smell. That's one of the reasons why I love that cheese. <laughs> it makes an impact. Yeah, um, especially when I have it melted. Making me hungry. Have you had lunch yet? Uh, Yeah, it was just a Reuben sandwich. With a gherkin in it? Yep. Oh, love gherkins. Who doesn't? <laughs> anyway, um, how does it feel to win an acting award? Well, the funny thing is, is when you win an acting award, you've usually been nominated a few times, so you've lost quite a few times. And when you lose, you have to justify, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. And then when you win, it's sort of like, oh, and does this matter? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't really mean mean that much if you're passionate about the craft. Yeah, that's right. There's a little bit of luck involved. I mean, it's nice. It's a nice way to promote the production that you're in. Yeah. And, yeah, you can't help but feel flattered. But then you also have to remember all the times when you were nominated and you sat there going, oh. <laughs> yeah. I got all dressed up and, and uh, yeah, didn't get the award. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually quite a fan of that series, The Time of Our Lives. I've just started watching Love My Way. I'm actually quite impressed by that show. What do you like about Love My Way? Well, you're pretty much 
one of the main reasons why I wanted to see it. After I watched The Time of Our Lives, I started to research more about your work. I looked into Love My Way because I'm more into um, television shows than films. So I decided, let's take a look at that one. And it's a comedy drama. Yeah, yeah. And it was made like 20 years ago. 2005. Yeah, right. That's actually 17 years ago. It's 17. Yes, that's right. You're absolutely right. It is. Still, it's a long time ago and it's still... Is sort of relevant. Um, it hasn't dated, which is wonderful. It's beautifully written. So my time on Love My Way was quite different because it's the first time I was a co-creator and a co-producer. So I was involved in developing the show and and writing this, you know, helping write the scripts or plot the scripts with all the writers and and be in the edit room and stuff. So it was it was really exciting. It was a whole different mm. sort of chapter of my career really so it was great a lot of work and it's lasted really well wonderful cast amazing writers Mm we we had we were very lucky like all of our all the people that wrote and directed on that have gone on to do incredible things like jess hobbs for instance um is the main director on the crown um Uh tony mcnamara is the the creator and writer of um, The Great. I don't know if you've seen that, but he he's won a lot of international awards. and wow. So there's lots of very talented people on that series. It was fast and long hours, and um, but really, really good. And what about Puby Blues? It's funny the things you remember as an actor because my memories of Puby Blues is a set in the 70s. We shot it in winter and it was supposed to be summer. And so you're wearing polyester shirts, which give you no warmth. And I just remember being cold. (laughs) Every day on set, you're on the coast and it was freezing cold and you're wearing polyester 70s vintage outfits. (laughs) Pretty bad time to... To film something that's supposed to be set in summer. I know. The poor teenage girls, they had to like sunbake in their bikinis pretending to be warm. Puberty Blues is very funny, very clever, like a very interesting look at 70s Australia and the surfing culture and Mm. and the Shire. Have you spent much time in the Shire? I don't think I've ever been to the Shire. The Sutherland Shire. You'll travel through it on your train back to Wollongong this afternoon. That's where it was set. And it's, there's, it was, um, I don't know if you know this, but it was adapted from a book. It was originally a book. Have you read the book? I haven't. Oh, it was written by two girls when they were about 18, but it's about their time, all the things they got up to when they were 13 years old. So mm. it's quite confronting. Wow. Mm. And I think it was also adapted from a film released in the late 1970s. That is right, yes. That was a good film. And that show also stars one of my favourite actresses, Susie Porter. She's great in Puberty Blues. Her and Dan Wiley, they play a couple. They're the sort of more progressive, sort of relaxed, sort of happy family. Now, how about we share some thoughts on um, the time of our lives, shall we? Yes, sure. I got to work with my one of my oldest, closest friends, Justine Clark. <laughs> And that was great. It was a bit. It was a bit distracting though, because we'd be doing scenes together, and in, in between takes, we'd be like, and they're like, "Girls, focus." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. 
I um did find your character particularly intriguing. Yeah, no, it's interesting you say that because I read the scripts and the character of Caroline was the one that they were offering me. And I read them and I was like, oh, this woman is just hideous. <laughs> She's so competitive and neurotic and uptight. And I was like, oh, I can't play that role. And then I, a few days went by and I just couldn't stop thinking about her and I wanted to know what made her tick and why was she behaving that way. And yeah. So I found her really intriguing so I rang rang them back and I, I said, yeah, I'm gonna, I'd love to have a go at Caroline. She's nuts. <laughs> Only to find that um, her life was starting to go a bit downhill. I know. It was very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, her marriage broke down. Yeah. She's sort of hyper-focused on parenting. Yeah. And she sort of became a bit obsessive and a bit of a perfectionist sort of a parent. Yeah. And he couldn't relate to her anymore. I kind of remember in the past when my mother was a bit of a perfectionist herself. And that kind of rubbed off on me as well. And Caroline explained that she was just trying trying to be a good mother. I mean, being a parent, a father or a mother, it's one of the most challenging yeah. roles you can perform in your life and mm. there's sort of no rules and no. it doesn't stop it's it's 24 yeah. hours for the rest of your life it's a huge responsibility i know and then um yeah i mean it's a journey <laughs> yeah and so do you talk to your mother about this sort of stuff yeah i've spoken to her about it before but um in recent years she's actually um made herself less of a perfectionist my mother in the past did tend to put some pressure on herself as a mother. Mm. Trying to be a good mother is one thing, but sometimes mothers try too hard. Yeah. As long as their sons and daughters were made on the straight and narrow path, then they shouldn't have any reason to worry. Easily said. It's easier said than done, I think. Yeah. And sometimes the the large burden of parenting falls on the mother sometimes i I think the fathers can step up a lot more yep but yeah it's complicated it's extraordinary that your mother has listened and and maybe stepped back a bit from the perfectionist thing she's a great mother she's very she's loving and supportive and encouraging well that's wonderful that's what you want in a in a parent for sure yeah my parents say they they did their best but i think they did more than their best oh well, I think any parent would love to hear their child say that about them. I've been spending a long time listening to my father's principles. What are some of your father's principles? If you give good karma, you receive good karma. And always focus on on the positive and not focus on the negative. Because if you just only focus on the negative, it'll just make you depressed. In fact, I, can, I consider them the reason why I have a strong work ethic and why I'm very smart with my money. That's very good. So you don't throw it around. My no. mum always said to me, a fool and their money are soon parted. You have to be protective of your savings because if you have dreams of buying a place, it's not going to buy itself, <laughs> especially if you want to sell down and all that. Yeah. How were you brought onto the Star Wars franchise? Uh, well, I just got a call and they asked me if I wanted to be in a couple of scenes. And I said, yes, that sounds like great fun. And we had amazing um, costume fittings, incredible velvet capes and incredible (laughs) makeup. And then we did a few scenes with, I played Natalie Portman's older sister. It wasn't very Star Wars-y in that there was no sort of laser guns or action sequences. It was actually Mm. like a family dinner. 
Oh. But um, it was deleted. But also, then again, I've never, I've never been a fan of Star Wars. The original one was great. And Empire Strikes Back. You didn't love them? No, I never saw them. What? I'm not, into, I'm not into science fiction. I remember when I first showed my son Star Wars, he sat down and he watched it and he loved it so much. And he went, Mum, thank you for showing me that. I love you. He was about five years old. <laughs> yeah. But I've also noticed that as you grow older, your tastes change. Oh, Yeah. Well, that's probably a good thing, unless you're into play school. Well, that's something that's kind of hard to grow out of. Yeah. Especially if one of those long-time presenters is actually is actually one of your favourite singers and a good friend. <laughs> would you like to share each other's thoughts on a mutual friend? My first memory of Justine. Would you like to hear my first yes, memory would. of Justine? Like, it's indelibly printed into my brain. I used to go to this sort of scout hall... With my brothers when I was about seven years old and we used to jump around on trampolines and do sort of gymnastics, you know, that sort of after-school activity. And Justine was there and I was too shy to speak to her but she had like perfect, perfect pigtails, perfect leotard and she could do everything, like the back (laughs) bends and... She was just magnificent and I just remember looking at her just, oh, wow, she's the best. We didn't, we didn't actually talk or anything and I was there with like, you know, matted hair and in a T-shirt and me and my brothers were a bit of a motley crew. Um, but then we met properly in our sort of around the age of like 13, 14. We had lots of friends in common because we were both child actors. We crossed paths a lot. And do you want to share... Your thoughts on Justine with me? Yes, of course. In the 2000s, I was... I remember the numerous times after school that I'd be watching Play School and there was something about Justine that I found myself becoming very fond of. I could never really explain why, but she had a very warming presence about her. Well, it's true. She is very, very warm and she's got a beautiful laugh I, I ended up, we shared a house or a flat for in about Bondi. three or four years in Bondi, yeah. And so we were best, bestie, bestie friends. We used to play guitar a lot. She's a beautiful oh. guitar player and she's a beautiful singer and a lovely, lovely friend. And she's just got a great sense of humour. Everyone's sort of attracted to Justine, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, can't imagine her having any enemies. Like she's just, yeah, very kind and, and present, yeah. She's a very pure, wholesome person. She is. <laughs> and she's got beautiful children. She's a great mm. mother. She's got three yeah. beautiful kids mm. and a lovely husband, Jack. In fact, I'm actually really grateful that she's that she's the way she is because the world needs more people like her. I totally agree. I think we should clone her and we should make like 300 Justines. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be the best. Yeah, are you aware that you share an honour with several of your previous co-stars? I'm not aware. You've worked with Justin Clark, Susie Porter and Shane Jacobson. Yes. They, all three of them have been guests on this podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Well, well, I'm in very good company then. Can you give us the dirt on living with Justin Clark back in the 1990s? <laughs> Was she messy? Oh, Wow. Um, any dirt? That's funny because I was just thinking, I wonder if Justine could play an evil character. 
How is that possible? I know. That would be a challenge, wouldn't it? I think I'd like to see her play an evil character like someone really mean. (laughs) It would be a big challenge. I don't know how she'd, where she'd find the the resources to do that. You'd have to dig really deep. Okay, dirt. Any dirt. Wow. Can't think of anything. I think everything was cooperative. The paying of bills and the putting out of rubbish and um, there weren't loud late parties. We used to do the crossword together in the mornings. I can't think of any dirt. She wasn't messy. I mean, we were probably both a bit messy but didn't really care because we were in our early 20s. I see. (laughs) When I was that age, I was pretty uptight. Oh, were you? Yeah. No, we definitely weren't uptight. I do remember that. So she's basically almost angelic. She basically is almost angelic. (laughs) You know what I did with her recently? What? A Zumba class. Wow. It was so much fun. Actually, and I did another class with her. I did a dance hall class with her and she's really good. She's got really good rhythm and timing and she just gets the choreo and she's really fit. Like I was sweating like a lot and she was not sweating and she forgot to bring her water bottle. I drank my whole water bottle. She didn't drink any water. How is that possible? Because she's perfect. That's a little far-fetched. How can she be perfect? She's a human. (laughs) Do you dance? Do you do any dancing? Ballroom dancing, actually. Oh, yes, of course. What styles of ballroom dancing do you like? My preferred ones are the waltz and the tango. And they actually just had a huge tango competition in Argentina recently. It had been delayed for a few years because of COVID. Yeah, it happened. Apparently it was amazing. And guess who won? Who? A couple of Argentinians. Nice. <laughs> Just a quick gentle reminder, my podcast has a strict no COVID talk policy. <gasps> oh, I'm so sorry. That's all right. Um, that's why I said it was just a gentle reminder. Done. I will never speak that word again. What's new on the horizon for you? Uh, well, there's a couple of books I'm developing to adapt. Ooh. One possibly to a feature film and one possibly for a TV series, which is very exciting. So mm. working with really wonderful writers. And I'm really looking forward to being on stage again and, and being involved yeah. in a theatrical production. That's about all I can report. Oh. Yeah, I'm looking forward to my son finishing school in a year. That's going to be the end of an era. Wow. How exciting is that? Do you remember finishing school? That was actually the best, one of the best times of my life because I hated school. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, in my case, I'm actually pursuing an acting career. Are you? Yeah. And have you done many auditions? I've only done self-audition tapes. Okay, yes, that, that's pretty common these days. But also, I'm still new to the industry. Yeah, you just keep doing it, and if you're enjoying it, that, yep. that's half the battle. Because I'm passionate about the craft. I've actually done a beginner's acting course at Screenwise recently. Oh, And yeah. soon I'll be doing the intermediate course. Oh, fantastic. And you enjoy the classes? Of course I did. Yeah? You, do you find it a bit nerve-wracking? Like, do you get embarrassed? Nope. Oh, that's great. Yeah. When you're performing, you've just you've got to embrace yeah. a bit of humiliation, a bit of embarrassment, and you've got to... Be able to sort of, there's high stakes. You've got to put something on the table. Yeah. Mm. Although my tutor did, did try to break me out of my shell a bit. Yeah. Because I have a very serious demeanor. Okay. I just always have. Inherited from my dad. 
Because he's pretty serious himself. Is he? At home he is. <laughs> you can be funny and serious at the same time. You can be so serious that you are funny. You mean like deadpan? Yeah, that's right. Like deadpan. Yeah, that's the that's another dream role that I would love to play. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I hope that for you. Like those of Mark Evan Jackson. If you ever saw Parks and Recreation or The Good Place or Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he was on those shows. Okay, okay. I also happen to know that you were born in May 1972. It's true. The 19th of May, which makes me a... Taurus. Yes. What are you? Pisces. March? Yeah. March. 20th of March. 20th of March. 94, which means I'm 28. You're 28? Yeah. Wow, you've done so much in your 28 years, haven't you? I don't don't think I've done that much. (laughs) Well, you did a lot of love on the spectrum. That must have been quite a lot. Yeah. And anyway, um, I believe we're now on to our Ask Mr. A Plus segment. That's a segment towards the end of the podcast where the guest gets an opportunity to ask me questions. Anything they want to ask me. Oh, wow. I feel like I've been peppering my questions to you all throughout the podcast. So, um, okay. When do you start your intermediate course? It's supposed to be the 15th of October, but that's my brother's wing day. So I have to miss that lesson and then i start on the 22nd of october fantastic and do you go do you have to learn lots of lines and work on scenes yeah something like that great and have you written your speech for the wedding um it's only half done what kind of things are you saying in your speech basically just um welcoming my to be sister-in-law into the family um poking fun at my brother for his past behaviors and then um the third part is to explain why why relationships and marriage are, are things that should be valued and not taken for granted. And, and to also wish my brother and his fiancée the best of luck in their journey. Well, that yeah. sounds like a great speech. Thanks. Are your parents speaking at the wedding as well? I think so. And how, what do you think of your, your new um, sister-in-law? She's a great person. Oh, good. I'm very proud of them. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. That's beautiful. It'd be a very romantic day. What other questions do you have? Do you like going to the beach? In summer, yeah. Yeah. My dad and I actually go to a rock pool. Oh, gorgeous. I love rock pools. But you have to be careful of urchins. You do, yeah. They love hanging around in rock pools. You can step on them. All the slugs in there, the colourful slugs and the octopus. You mean blue-ringed octopuses? I hope not. Because they're venomous. They're deadly, aren't they? So many deadly things in Australia. Yes, I know. I think I've exhausted all my questions. I could just ask you questions for hours. <laughs> well, Claudia, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was a really lovely conversation. I enjoyed every moment of it. Thank you so much, Michael. It was a pleasure to be here. Yeah.